Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Coors Light right here on Giants.com. Schmelk, Fiegels, you, 201-939-4513. That's how you talk, talk to us. Give us a call. We'll chat. Or I'll try to do a better job paying attention to Twitter today at hashtag GiantsChat. If you want to ask some questions or interact with us that way, you certainly can. We look forward to talking with you. And it is Divisional Playoff Weekend, Mr. Fiegels. We also had a bunch of coaching changes around the league. I've kind of given my opinion on all this stuff, but now we can get your thoughts uh, let's start the coaches first. Any of the coaching decisions or replacements this week surprise you at all? Um, I, I, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> and it, okay. I see the trend. Can you go into more detail, please? <laughs> of course I can. Yes. The, I see the trend. It's the McVeigh trend. Right, and it's funny. I I made the joke on Wednesday. It's, if you're a coach and you can like Photoshop yourself into a picture with Sean McVay, you have a legitimate <laughs> chance of getting a head coaching opportunity. And it, so, and we'll see if it happens. If it works, I don't. I mean, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I, I don't think all of them are going to work out. But well, they never do. The other thing is the Jets hire. I think makes sense because of Adam Gase and his relationship with quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't mind the Gase hire. I think a lot of Jet fans are really okay. upset. I think it's fine. I, I think it's fine because I also believe that that he because he has experience this was going to help this team i agree with that i, I don't have to go for another new head coach that's never been one in the pros before I, I don't think at this juncture that's where the jets wanted to go um why they didn't go with mccarthy i'm sure there's more to this than we know okay but i also think because mccarthy can work with quarterbacks too at least not in the later parts of his career. And him and Rodgers didn't get along very well. That's yeah. ultimately what happened there. I, I think the list of people Aaron Rodgers doesn't get along with, though, a is, long is list. a long list. Yes. Um, so, and I, Bruce Arians, I think, will be a good fit for Jameis Winston down there in Tampa. I mean, I he, the, the guy is, uh, I've worked with Peyton Manning. I mean, he, he's kind of a quarterback whisperer himself. And then you got the two two new guys or two two coach two vacancies still left, and we'll see what those go with. So yeah, the Dolphins and Bengals, and you know the Flores is the guy that's been ru rumored for Miami, along with Christian Shard from Dallas. And since he's kind of up in the air, to be honest with you, we'll we'll see what they do there. Well, they were talking about the oops, sorry the young guy from the Rams. Oh, that's right, McVay's uh, quarterbacks coach. Yeah. So now, what happens see. if the Rams lose this week to Dallas and McVay's zero and two in the playoffs and they score like thirteen points? Mm. Well, that would be that the, the other two, the other guy coming from the staff might be in trouble getting the next job, but the other guys already got him. So whatever, um, you know, as far as the, the way things are going, I, I the, the games last week, um, you know, I, I think that I watched them all and uh, except for the last game. No, I didn't. No, I watched them all. I was talking about the, the national championship game. I didn't watch the whole game for that. Glad I didn't. Didn't turn out very well. But yeah, hell of a job by Clemson, by so the way. So we'll see what happens with Philly. Yeah. You know, they're pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if their secondary is going to be able to handle Breeze and the Saints, though. I don't see it. Yeah, it's going to be tough uh, going there to play. That's As we all know, that's a tough place to go. Look, Dallas. Yeah. Um, Look, Jeff, mat matchups make fights to me and in the NFL. And the personnel problems in the Eagles' secondary against a quarterback like Drew Brees and a head coach like Sean Payton and the Saints have a good offensive line to handle the Eagles' defensive front. I just don't see how the Eagles get the Saints I, off the field in that listen, game. I, I don't I, see it. I agree with you, but I just there's something about this team I that know. just happens. And I you know, know. Uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas is not. Listen, they're they're a good team, but they're I, they're I don't know if they can go down and, and play. 
against the Rams. Um, but who knows? We'll see what happens. I, I, I'm looking forward to those games. New I England give game? Dallas a better chance than Philly. You do? Absolutely. Oh, okay, you, you're right. I do give them a better chance because it's tough to, to go up to Saint, to um, the, the Dome Superdome, and play. Yeah. There's no. And then the AFC matchups, I have I have a I think that the Chargers can go in and beat beat the uh, uh, Patriots. Really I'm I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the 21 degree temperatures and wind that they're going to have. Well, I think that they can run the football. Um, they've got a good defense. I, we'll see what happens. No, that's that's the only bad thing about it is that team coming from the West Coast going out there. Now I'm 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 going to put you in the time machine a little bit. Do you remember the movie The Avengers and not the recent Marvel The Avengers? I'm talking about in like the mid 90s. There was an old British TV show, I think, called The Avengers, and they made a movie out of it in the, okay. in the mid-'90s. And Sean Connery was the villain. He was this, like, separatist Scotsman who created this weather machine, and he was able to, like, create whatever weather he wanted, and that's where the Avengers had to stop, right? I feel like Bill Belichick has a weather machine. He's, Whenever he's, the Patriots are playing a home playoff game <laughs> against a team that wants to pass the ball, yeah. they can get bad weather whenever they want. How many times did Peyton Manning show up there for a playoff game and it's Snowed. snowing or it's yeah. raining or it's 17 degrees? Yep. He's Sean Connery with the weather machine. I just think at this juncture with Phillip Rivers, he is so desperate to win something because of just the class that he's in and he hasn't done anything that I think this, it's got to go in for him. And I think, I think they're, a good, they're a good team defensively. I think they can get after the quarterback. And how about Colts Chiefs? Well, I mean, historically, you look at the Chiefs and their winning record in the playoffs, not good yeah. at home, at least. I mean, they've only won one game since the 90s, right, at home mm -hmm. in the playoffs? They haven't um, been in the playoffs a whole but, lot either. But. It, but I think that Patrick Mahomes, uh, I'm going to pick them, but I think it will be a very good game because I think that the Colts are so well-rounded on offense that they can control uh, the line of scrimmage. We know that. They can move the chains, which then first downs, and they can put points on the board, which keeps Mahomes off the field. Gives them a chance, but I think that it'll be a close game. Um, I'm going to give it to the chart to uh, the Chiefs. Though. I'll tell you, the Colts have been a very, very hip upset pick this week. I find a lot of people are picking them, and I understand why. Andrew Luck's amazing. They have a very good offense. I just think that Chiefs offense is on another level. As good as the Colts offense is, what the Chiefs are able to do with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, I don't care who their running back is, to be quite honest with you. Throw Travis Kelsey in. Andy Reid, yeah, he has game management issues in the playoffs, but he's still damn good in terms of scheming. And the Colts don't do anything complicated on defense. They run a lot of two-deep zone. Uh, they try to keep things in front of them. I think the, the, I think the Chiefs put up a 40 spot in this game. Mm. I think the Colts put up 30-something. Yeah. And if the Colts get the ball back down one score with two minutes to go, I think Luck drives him down and he scores a touchdown. But... Uh, I think the Chiefs hold on and win this game. I'm with you. I think the road team with the best chance to win is probably the Chargers. And then the next Dallas. road team with the best chance to win is Dallas. What do you think about weather? The, you know, the Colts coming from, they're a dome team. So they're going to go into Kansas City, which I played there many times when it's been cold. And when it's cold there, it, it is feel, cold it feel, there. It has that Midwest, yes. oh like, my God. dry it's, it's chill. Just, yes. Yes. So, um, and you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, does it really matter?" Yes, it does matter. No, you know, we beat we beat the uh, the Packers when it was twenty below zero, um, but we're a New York team. We're used to somewhat of cold weather, but we'll see what happens. The other thing I forgot to mention is, is by the um, way, just so you, just so you're aware, it's supposed to be on Sun. Actually, it's supposed to be Saturday, right? The game in Kansas City is the first game on Saturday, right? Morning snow, cloudy, 
High of 36, low of 28. Real feel 30 slash 22. That's not bad. Well, if a little snow, though, that could be fun. Everyone likes a little snow. <laughs> you know what? If you're running Chance around. Chance for more than six inches, 54%. Ooh. Friday to Saturday. Now, okay. they'll get most of that shoveled off the field, yeah, I'm but sure. Feel cold. But if the, if the system, and I'm going to put my Al Roker hat on now, if the system Just slows down, up. sweeping down from the Great Lakes area, then, <laughs> then, could then, you, could get, then you could get snow during the game. Yeah. That's, that's the 4 o'clock or 4.30 game, whatever it is, on, uh, on Saturday afternoon. The other, um, I meant to mention this earlier, the other hire I like is Denver. I think that, that is really, really good up there with that defense. And you know what? He, it's long time coming. No that question. guy deserves to get a job. Yes. Vic Fangio is an excellent defensive coordinator. No question. And I think he's going to do good things. And he went out and, and got Gary Kubiak as the offensive coordinator. Well, John Elway did. John Elway <laughs> did, yes. Yeah. Did. You think they're pretty good buddies? Yeah, you think? <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, he, he stepped away years ago for health reasons, right? And that way yep. he, he didn't get fired. And, and that's why I'm not sure he's going to be a head coach again. I think he'll be happy to be a coordinator. There's, you know, less, less stress. Yeah, yeah. And, and where he's been before with his buddy, you know. So that's a good hire. I, I like agree. That I hire like that hire, And too. you're right. Long time coming for that one. Just like Bruce Arians. You know, he waited a long time to get a head coaching job, too. Um, you know, years ago yeah. when he got to Arizona. So, so in the end, for, my, for the games this weekend, I'm going to go Saints- Chiefs, I think both one seeds advance. There's something about the Patriots at home in the second round of the playoffs. They just don't lose those games. They don't. They were 8-0 no, they were, they were at home. And they were 8-0 at home this year. We took the words right out of my mouth. And historically, look, AFC Championship game, sure, they might lose in the AFC Championship. I don't see them losing in the divisional round. And I'll be rooting hard for San Diego. I want Phillip Rivers to do it. Remember, I, they were my surprise team last year. And I was a year early on them. They've done it this year. Um... So I'm hoping the Chargers do it, but I just can't pick against Tom Brady okay. and Bill Belichick in the divisional round. And what the heck? Uh, yeah, yeah, you have to pick one upset, right? I say Dallas beats the Rams 24-17. Okay. I, I believe there, I'm with you with one upset. There has to be an upset. There's always one. And, and um, you think it's going to be the Chargers? I think it's going to be the Chargers. And I, I get do. that. I do. And I wouldn't be surprised total surprise like if you tell me on monday or whenever the chiefs are playing saturday if you tell me yeah. sunday you went to sleep and you woke up and the next day they they you, the colts beat the chiefs i wouldn't be like are you kidding no me? the only team i'd be shocked if they won were the eagles okay and yeah. i think and that I, that would be a that would be the upset of of the weekend i think it's like an eight and a half point spread or something like that so go up there and win um the only reason that the only way that happens possibly is if Breeze gets taken out of the game somehow, and they have to bring in whoever they're. Oh, they got to bring in Bridgewater. And Nick Foles, if that happens, will just start counting the money that he's going to get offered this offseason. He's already going to get offered. I know, but it'll be even more. <laughs> just cha ching, 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 cha ching. That's okay. 201-939-4513. Want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win, to win amazing Giants prizes, even in the offseason. Let's do it. Your calls, 201-939-4513. And on Twitter, folks, I'll get to your questions, I swear, you at swear? hashtag Giants Don't Chat. Don't swear on the air. Don't swear. Let's go to Chuck in New York on line four, Dan. Let's lead the off with chuckles. Chuck. What's up, Chuck? Can you hear me? I can, Chuck. What's up? I'm an avid Giant fan. Okay. I go oh, back to good. the Super Bowl Back when that was sold off the wire and et cetera. But I want to say this in favor of Eli. If they can give him some time in the pocket, he'll pick your pocket. He's, he 
he is the greatest. All you got to do is give him some protection. Mm-hmm. If you can't get him to, that's what they got to go after for him, for protection. He needs time in the pocket. And if they give him time in the pocket, he'll pick their pocket. <laughs> that's the only guy. And by the way, you guys do a great job. Thank you. I watch Chuck. every day. I appreciate it. That's great, Chuck. We appreciate that. Thank you very and much. I like the, I like the, uh, if they give him time in the pocket, that he'll pick their pocket. That's cool. What are the odds that's like Paul DeTino's like dad? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not. I know Paul's dad. And that is not Paul's dad, but it, it could be in some imaginary it's world. It's Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. In like Earth 3, where. <laughs> <laughs> or that could be like, or what that could be is that if Paul DeTino like stumbled into a time machine. Okay. And he went like, and that's like the old Paul Dottino coming him? back to the present, saying Eli could still do it. I love it. Great he makes call. a good point, Chuck, though. Chuck, great call. He makes a good point. Great call. And I think that a lot of people will agree with him that if you do give him some time, he's still got a little, he's got a little time to play. Look, and, and, and again, we're not saying he's the perfect player. We're not telling you he's a top five quarterback. But with the right situation around him, you can still succeed with him as your quarterback. People need to understand, number one, how durable Eli Manning has been over his career. Number two, how smart he is, the experience he has on the field. It's like having another offensive coordinator live on the field, okay? And, yeah, he still can make some throws. He still can't make some throws. You know, he can't – but you saw some of the throws he made during the season – it was a game he threw the ball down the field 55, 60 yards. Against, yeah, it was the Shepard catch yeah, against the Colts. The Colts. Yeah. There you go. So, anyways. 201-939-4513. Antonio Manhattan. Antonio, what up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Everything going? Happy New Year. You too, you buddy. Too. How are you? Uh, just wanted to touch base on Dave Gettleman that, you know, this is – I think that the spotlight should definitely be on him this offseason because he's been – relatively quiet relatively, like he's been pretty much you know anonymous with us um with with just the fans or or the media this entire season and you know obviously he was sick and and, and hopefully he's doing better from that so no, I well and, and Tony, i can just tell you it has nothing to do with him being sick dave gettleman's philosophy just is that like during that, yeah. the season it's the head coach's team and the reason he doesn't like to talk during the season and I was surprised when when he didn't do the bye week meet with the media okay. because that's what Jerry Reese used to do but Dave is a firm believer in during the season the voice of the team is the head coach now if there's something that's general manager yeah, related happens, yeah. then yeah I'm sure he'll he'll talk but don't expect him to be somebody that during the season you're going to hear from a lot and I think the next right. time we'll probably hear from him is at the Combine, would be my guess. Got it. Well, here's the thing about it that kind of, like, I have a bone to pick with him and sure. stuff like that. It's just that, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, he traded away, uh, I forgot who it was, it was a center to the Vikings. Uh, what, Brett Jones. What was the draft pick that he traded for him? Uh, he got a seventh-round pick back for Brett Jones. Okay, so a seventh-round draft pick. Yes. Then he traded... Damon Harrison, and he traded Eli Apple, and he traded him also for a late pick. Uh, Harrison so well, Harrison was a fifth, and Eli Apple was a four. Right. In my opinion, those picks have no value at all in terms of helping us get up to the top. Um, and and it, I just feel like... What I'm do you mean? Right, how far up to the top? They're at the top. They're at six. What do you mean get up to the top, Antonio? What do you mean by that? You mean in terms so, of winning so a title? Get, or you mean in terms of moving up in the first round? 
moving up or not even to the first round because that's definitely not going to happen. But even moving into like the third round. Well, Antonio, really I, 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 I think I think they can. I don't think you can get an extra two, and I don't I don't even mm-hmm. think you can move from the second to the first. I agree with you there. I right. don't think that's possible. They're, they're not, they're not but high if you want to trade the sixth overall pick in the fourth round and package that with your second yeah. four that you got in the Eli Apple trade from the Saints, I think you can move into the back end of the third round. I don't see why you wouldn't be able to move up 10 or 15 picks. Yeah, and that's, honestly. That's where, that's where Reed wouldn't want to see. I mean, I, I think he's going to be, you know what I'm saying, like he's, he's going to be judged so much on this offseason. Our defense needs a lot of help, a lot of bodies. Absolutely. The Giants, and, and that's not even uh, uh, Gettleman's fault, but the, the Giants have ignored the defensive line and the linebackers forever because of Reese. I don't know. He just maybe didn't like, you know, target those things. There was better value, whatever it is. This offseason, with all these picks, listen, if he hits on these late draft picks, he's going to be looked as a GOAT. Um, <laughs> but, if, but if he doesn't, if he just gets bust with those late draft picks, then I feel like he just created bigger holes because, again, we could have had Snacks here for at least one more year. No, but again, Antonio, but this is my point. Snacks wasn't going to be here this year. And that's why they traded him. They were going to let him go regardless. So they figured why would they let him go though. Well, for salary cap considerations, and that was the process of wanting to move Dalvin Tomlinson to his natural position. They believe Dalvin Tomlinson is a nose tackle. They believe B.J. Hill is a three technique. As long as Snacks was yeah. here, Tomlinson was playing the three technique, and B.J. Hill was playing the five technique. They wanted to get their young players playing the spots they believe they will be playing here long term. And look what B.J. Hill did. Got right. five and a half sacks. And he did real good at the three technique, and Tomlinson had a good year at nose tackle. Right, but B.J. Hill was going to get those sacks regardless. You take out Snacks during pass situations. Well, I would have to look at what downs B.J. Hill got his sacks on. I'm not sure if he got them on first, right. second, or third, but... I see your point. No, yeah, no, yeah, definitely, and, and, and I and I agree with you guys. It's true. You know, you do want to move snacks in the stuff because you do want to put Thompson in the in the situation. I get that, but it's now more. My my thing is with you guys is it, it, those picks now gotta gotta pay off because I feel like you know you left a big you left a big hole. So now it's like, what are you gonna do with that? And you know what I would want to see the Giants do. And, and this no, but is the Antonio, but, no, but Antonio, real quick, my point is though, yep. you aren't leaving a hole with snacks because Tomlinson took his spot. And Hill took the three technique spot, so you but don't we have a really hole with snacks. With the run defense, as soon as um, uh, as soon as uh, snacks left, Antonio, honestly, like honestly, looking at the tape, in my opinion, I don't think Tomlinson yeah. is as good of a run stopper as Snacks Harrison. But again, that's a high bar. Right. Damon Snacks Harrison is the best right. run stuffing tackle in the league. So that's that, all he's a specialist on. That. Exactly right. So I, I'm not mm-hmm. taking a shot at Dalvin. I think he did a good job. Was he as good as Snacks? Mm-hmm. No, but that's fine. I think more right. of the problems you had. With the run defense in the second half of the year, from looking at all the tape I've looked at the last two weeks. Linebackers? Second level. Linebackers and even the safeties coming down to help, too. That, to me, is where I you agree. had the bigger problem. Okay. Awesome. Let me, let right. me just so, tell you, Antonio, let me just tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. John and I don't know everything, and neither do you. And I, right. will, I will tell you that a lot of times teams move on players for different reasons. I'll leave it right. at that. And I, th- I think when you look at the cornerback, that applies especially. Correct. So, you know, yeah, and, and okay, it's also, and you also, what are teams that are winning these days? Look at the average age of their teams. This team is right. trying to get younger, not older. Now, Apple was young, but Snacks was a little bit older. But again, obviously. that kind of goes into my mm-hmm. theory of what things happen, okay? This Correct. is, it happens yeah. everywhere. It happens everywhere with every team. Look at the Steelers. Look at, look at things that are going on with other these teams. Things Chemistry. happen. So you never know. Like I said, we don't know because we're not, we're not in those rooms. 
We don't know what's happening. So, la- so last thing that I want to say is in terms of the draft, you know, I, I know we need a quarterback so badly, and it all depends on what we see in the scouting combines and the combines for these two quarterbacks, both Murray and Haskins. Uh, but if, if again, if, if, if he says, get him to say true to his word where he says, you know, he drafts the best available, and, you know, those quarterbacks are not the best available, I hope we move down the draft pick, save up, stop, save up draft picks for next year, or at least that way we could play around. And with the low, going down the draft, we can now use those, you know, bottom-tier draft picks that we have in the fifth round, seventh round, and we could just, you know, kind of mumble them up and try to see if we could just stay in those mid-rounds. Gettleman had a really good draft last year, in the, at least the first three rounds, and I just I wish he stays in that section of the first three rounds, um, you know, in this draft coming up. And, and that's all I'm going to say, guys. Have a Sounds great good, one. Antonio. You too. Appreciate the call, man. Good stuff. Uh, a couple things that he said that I want to touch on. One, he said he thinks the spotlight's on Gettleman this offseason. Well, the spotlight's on every general manager every offseason. Sure. I mean, this is their time to do their thing. This is how you build a team. And he's right. Those day three picks, I'm not going to say they're without value, but it's hard to find players on day three of the draft. No matter who you are. But the good thing is that when you have multiple swings of the bat, sure, you yeah. get a better chance of hitting a home run. So, yeah. in, you know, normally you have four day three picks, right? The Giants have seven. So let's say you hit on 10% of your day three picks, right? Well, if you only have four of them, you got a less than 50% chance of finding a guy, right? But if you have seven you have a better than 50% chance of finding a guy. So the more swings you have, the better chance you have of, of And speaking of, getting of one. swings, you know, the Giants were, were given two compensatory picks, right? So they have 11 now? Well, they, they're anticipated to be given two compensatory, but that is not official yet. Okay, so if they were, you know, and we'll, if they got 11 picks, is he going to use all 11 of them? I doubt it. And by the way, Salmon, I don't know how you found this so quick, Dan. Very good job. Of B.J. Hill's sacks this year, only one came on third down. Okay, there you go. Three and a half came on first down, and one came on second down. So, good numbers there, Dan. I don't know how you found that. I'm very impressed. (laughs) He's not going to tell us. Somehow he managed to pull himself away from his Dwayne Haskins YouTube highlights to find B.J. Hill's sacks. Very good. Do you actually have him listed here, too? Wow. So, let's see. The ones against the Bears were... Two on first down, one on second down. His only third down sack was the one against Drew Brees. And here's the funny thing about the about B.J. Hill sacks, and I've looked at all of them on tape. There's not a ton of them where he just flat out beats the guy in front of him and goes in and, and, and gets a sack. I think there was one, maybe two of those. He's one, been engaged. One was a botched screen. One was where a quarterback scrambles kind of into him. So, again, B.J. had a nice rookie year, but I do think – those sack numbers are a little bit inflated due to circumstance. It's not like he's Aaron Donald, you know, you know, ripping people and you know, swimming yeah. over guys left and right. But they're there. But they're there, yeah. obviously. And he's a rookie too. For a tackle yeah. to even get yeah. that number is, and what, is very and, impressive. And what's good about that is that he's going to come in next year with a lot of confidence and experience. That's sure. what you need. You know, that's why they wanted those guys to play a lot of snaps this season because you want them to come. They're young. They're the, you know, they are the face of that off defensive line, and they're going to get more. There's going to be more guys coming in here playing D-line next year. I can promise you that. Very thick draft when it comes to those kinds of players. Absolutely. And the other thing I want to <clears throat> touch on, too, and this is something we talked about last Friday when we were on, Jeff. One thing that Dave Gettleman can do in this draft is trade down, but not necessarily acquire more picks this year. Maybe acquire some draft capital in 2020. Sure. When there's a anticipated to be a much – 
larger group of quarterbacks that could potentially mm-hmm. be first-round mm-hmm. picks. Mm-hmm. Because as we talked about, the most important thing Dave Gettleman is going to do in his tenure as general manager of the New York Giants, aside from hiring a coach, and it might even be more important than hiring a coach, is transitioning from Eli Manning to whomever the next guy is going to Correct. be. And the way you do that is to give yourself <laughs> as many assets at your disposal as you can, whether it's cap space or young players that are valued in trades or draft picks that you can use in some way, shape, or form in a creative fashion to turn into your next quarterback. So I think everything the Giants do moving forward, Dave Gettleman understands. I mean, he's talked about it. You make a mistake at quarterback, it kills your franchise for five years, okay? He knows you got to find the next guy. And I think everything he does over this offseason now will have in the back of his head, all right, how does this affect how I'm going to find the next guy at quarterback? Because he's not going to force it, but I think what he'll want to do is when he finds the guy he knows he wants or the one or two or three guys he knows will be good enough, he wants to have the assets to go and get that player. And if there's a team out there that wants Haskins and really wants him bad, they're going to do everything they can to get above the Giants sure. to go get him. And by the way, maybe Haskins is the guy. Maybe sitting there we at six and, and, they, and they don't have to do anything. Yeah. That's possible too. Yeah. But I, again, I'm, I'm from the belief that Eli does have time left. Not much. And there has to be an exit strategy, if you will, from a business term. You got you to gotta be prepared. And if you want the guy and then he's Haskins or the guy from Duke, whatever you want him, then you're going to go get him. And then you'll have that, that conversation. And it's probably already been had. But we'll see what happens. But I, you know, to me, I put more credence in one more year with people around Eli and having a plan of action going into the next season saying to Eli, listen, here's the deal. You're going to know it going into next year. There's not going to be any punches thrown here. You're going to know what's going on. And we are going to transition into the next phase of the, of the New York football giants going forward. We want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes. Folks, we have a couple open lines. If you want to get in, talk to me and Jeff about the New York football Giants. We do have a couple calls on the line, and we'll get to you next. Aaron in Rochester is up next. What's up, Aaron? How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Long time Good. no call. I've been listening, though. Thank All you, right. Aaron. Um, I want to touch on the... Um, a free agency, but I just wanted to respond about a caller yesterday. Sure. Um, at the end of the show, he he suggested that we accumulate math, a lot of picks to to twenty twenty one, in hopes of getting the Trevor Lawson kid, Lawrence kid. I like the guy, but to try to go to try to do that type of method, I don't think it's going to work because the team we might not. I don't I don't see us in two years be picking you know in the top ten, so I don't think we would be there. Plus, and what if he doesn't want to come out? I think it'd be another team well, that will gets really hurt. want him. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, Aaron, look, the bottom line, and, 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 and that's what I said to him, you can't just lock in focus on one guy two years from now. Too many things can happen between now and then. You accumulate assets. You go after the quarterbacks you like. If you get them, great. If you don't, you move on to the next guy. But you don't. Exactly. But 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 you don't give up the house for someone you're not convinced is going to be really good. And, Aaron, I will tell you exactly. this. If you're sitting there on draft day, and there hasn't been any deals made where nobody's coming up above the New York Giants and Haskins is there at quarterback, you would have done your due diligence to know it. If he is the best player on the board and you're from that philosophy, they're taking him. him. Yeah, sure. But I don't know if that's exactly. going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. I, I look, and um, the, the, um, the thing with free agency, I, uh, I was listening to y'all to a, a couple of days ago and y'all brought up Shane Ray. I think 
he would be an excellent person to bring in if we can get him. Um, but I was also arguing with my nephew about, and I called years ago when uh, Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald was going to be a free agent, but he was younger. It would have been a lot more money at the time. And I threw out, what if we, what if, what would y'all think if we was to could bring Fitzgerald in one year? Would that be a good idea or not? I think it would be cool if right. if we draft the Hackens kid and maybe that like give Eli an extra. You know, he come out next this year and ball out, and you have Fitzgerald who really he had good quarterbacks, but not not, not a team since Anquan Bolden and them when he had a nice receiver call around him. I think he'd be an excellent possession catcher for us, and I think it, it, he might rub off something good to Odell as far as leadership-wise. Um, but other, I'm not saying Odell don't have leadership. He he do, but I think a person like um, Laura Fitzgerald would be dope in our, in our organization for one year and call it that, but I don't know. It was just a suggestion. Right, um, I'll take it off the air. Thank Appreciate you, guys. It. I love Okay, Aaron, here's the thing. Larry Fitzgerald is awesome. Okay, first of all, he's a great guy. He's a great player, and he would be an asset to any team that has him. But he's not a leader. I love Larry Fitzgerald. But here comes the but. The last thing the Giants need is somebody else that needs the ball in their hands. And Jeff and I talked this on our first show after the season was over. Yeah, as it is, you had trouble getting Evan Ingram <laughs> touches. We got to fix that problem with the current roster that we have. When Beckham was healthy, I mean. Barkley's getting 80 catches. Beckham's getting 100 catches. Shepard's getting 60 to 70. How many times do Eli to throw the ball? Well, in, that, in that scenario, he needs to throw it 50 times. Right. <laughs> He's so, not going to do that. Exactly. So I don't think they need another weapon. I know Giant fans love to bring in weapons and, you know, this, that, and this. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You got enough. You have plenty you of have weapons. You have plenty of weapons. You have you've got you need protection. You need you, two more offensive linemen in my opinion. And you need pass rushers. And as much as Jamon Brown as much as he did for that offensive line last year, we're going to see if Gettleman goes back and signs him. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they may upgrade the position to something, you know, better than Jamon Brown, which you can get by the way. No I mean, question. I think I think a lot of people have equated a cause and effect of, oh, the Giants got Jamon Brown and they started playing a lot better as to mean that Jamon Brown was the reason the team started playing better. I think it was more a combination of the types of plays they called, how they ran the offense. Now, he was a part of it sure with was. the offensive line coming together. I'm not trying to take all the credit away from him, but I think it was more of a Jamon Brown's here and the team is playing better, not Jamon Brown showed up and that's why the team is playing better. You know what I mean? And Jamon Brown is not a perennial all-pro either or a pro bowler guy. He's a good player, okay? And, yes, he helped He helped with that offensive line, but really part of it was the offensive line. When you look at Nate Solder, it took him a while to get used to playing next to Hernandez, who was a rookie coming from UTEP, and who Bly. played next to uh, – a, a bunch of different a centers. A bunch of different guys. Yeah. And then you then you switch to the right side. where So there's a lot of little things, that, you know. And the other thing I think Solder had to adjust to with Eli, I think Brady took such short drops and stepped up in the pocket so much. Solder was usually just riding his guy oh, around yeah. the quarterback. Yeah. But that doesn't work with Eli. So I think Solder had to affect his drop and stuff Correct. like that. Yep. And I think once he did, he played a lot better. He did. And that's and that's, and that's that's he'll probably tell you that. It's just like anything. You have to learn – the system number one, the second of, of who you're protecting. That's not that's not Brady back there. It's Eli. Totally different steps, different types of players. 
201-939-4513 on hashtag GiantsChat on Twitter from A.J. Marshall. Do you expect Lorenzo Carter to get a bigger role in year two if the Giants decide to cut ties with Olivier Vernon? No question. I don't think they're going to do that, though. Yeah. And uh, I've thought about this, Jeff, and, and this is kind of where I'm at on it. You know, the two veterans people talk about are, are Vernon and, and Jenkins, obviously. And, look, I understand the Giants want to get younger. They want to try to clean up their cap completely. I understand why they want to make moves on those two guys. I get it. But the problem is that you got to pay the dead money on their cap, on their contract. It goes on the salary cap. And then you got to pay somebody to replace those guys anyway. So I don't think you're going to get better production than Vernon or Jenkins by using their non-dead money to go sign somebody else. I think Jenkins and Vernon are still going to be better than whoever you would bring in after you release them. So if you're trying to win next year and make the playoffs, which I think both of us think that they are, I don't see how you let either one of those guys go. Now, if they're going to say, look, we're going to take next year, well, we're going to throw it away, and we're going we're gonna to blow this thing up, and we're going to clean up all our bad contracts and get all the veterans out of here and really start new, then I can see it. But if you're trying to make a playoff run, you're going to be a better team next year with those two guys on the roster. Yeah, it's just what the dead money is. I don't know what the OV's dead money is, right? He came here. I think, it's about, his I think it's about eight right? next year. I think it's eight for him and seven for Jenkins. Well, that's a lot of money, and especially if you're gonna, there's gonna be some other veterans that you're gonna have to take dead money to. That's the start stacking on each other. Next thing you know, you're at twenty million of dead money somewhere. Um, and you know, is there dead money with the uh, Mame at all? There's dead money there. Yeah, there's I don't know how much it is, but okay, it, it, but there was something still, I think. still there. So there is some things to think about. A lot of cap capology yes. that goes into it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there really is. 201-939-4513. But L C will be he's gonna he's already a pretty darn good player. He's gonna he's only gonna get better. Yeah, he, you know, I think he's better in space than he is a, as a pass rusher though at this point. I think he's almost better as a stand up linebacker, which makes sense. Uh, he did more of that in college than he did rush the pass. Right, right. Now, and that's that's okay. You can find a role for him to play in that position. He doesn't not not every guy has to have ten sacks, you know. Right, but with his length and athleticism, he can become a better pass rusher, and I'm sure that's what he's gonna be working on in the offseason. I think he's a little bit light. You know, I think he needs to put on a little bit of weight. Well, he's a rookie. Got to get a little bit of yeah. Makes yeah. sense. This is a little more leverage, if you will. So, anyways, two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Let's go to Brandon in New Jersey. He's up next. What's up, Brandon? Yes. What's going on, man? How you doing, Brandon? Doing well. Good. All right. I want to try to fit all of this in real quick, man. Um, I think I think Jamal Brown did make the offensive line play better because he just brought energy to the team. Correct. And you know. We need to just make, bring more character players in just like that. So this is what I was thinking. Okay, we, the center, I think the right guard position could is, 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 is servable enough to get through the season. Okay. Jamal Powell is a young player. He's an uprising player. I think he could grow with the offensive line. Sure. Now, Peel, I bought the, uh, the center. Yesterday the brother was saying that uh, Pulley, he was thinking about keeping Pulley and, um, you know, uh, P.O. coming back off the injury. I think those two guys are good, serviceable backups, but not solidify the center position. So I think the Giants need to go um, probably in free agency for right tackle, but not there's no good centers on free agency, so they might have to get the center out of the draft. So I think, but if this is what they could do. If they could get Eli contract down to a serviceable uh, way to, to get the money down, we will have a lot of cap space. And what you think about getting – 
I think we can get two premier pass rushes off the free agency. No way. Brandon, no way. No way. We don't have that much money. Dude, premier pass rushes cost you $17, $18 million a year. And you're not going to have to get somebody out of free agency. There's plenty of them in the draft this year. That's correct. Well, well, okay. Well, if that's the case, if I could have one, I would take Lawrence over Clowney. Lawrence is not coming here. Brandon, Lawrence is not leaving the Dallas Cowboys. They have nearly $100 million of cap space. The Cowboys are not letting Demarcus Lawrence come to the New York Giants. It's not happening. I'm not cutting oh, you off. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you where, where when it's not going to happen, and Demarcus Lawrence will not be here next year. He's going to want to walk. Okay, okay. Well, I'll take that. If you say that's going to happen, that's not going to happen. So we could go We could go with Clowney. We could go out to Clowney, and we could go after Bobby Massey as the right tackle position. And then through the uh, um, draft, we could build depth. We could go after a center. And we could go get another pass rusher that could pair with Clowney and um, Vernon, and go get another. And and, and we got two. We got a lot of uh, mid round picks, so we could find some corners in the free safety in those mid rounds that could be that could play well enough. Or we probably could go after if we could fill the right tackle position how we need to in the center position in the first two rounds. Maybe we could find our free safety uh, by trading up into the third round something like that and get an extra corner because I don't think we're too far off. We just probably just need – even if we could get Eli's contract down, you don't think we could uh, be able to get two pass rushers off of free agency? Not – I mean, you can bring in two pass rushers. not going to be two premier pass rushers. I mean, how many big contracts do you want to put on this roster? I think – You have to pay Landon Collins three. too, by the I way. Think, I, no, I know. I understand. But I think the Giants need – because we was always good with three – uh, legitimate pass rushes with that rotation coming in. And I think the defensive line, like Antrell Rowe was saying at the end of the season, that he believed that we need two defensive ends. The ends to push that pocket. He said the back end will work with probably even like lower level tier guys if that if we could get that push. It works with the front, not the back. Oh no, no! I, look, I, I, Brandon, I agree. I would love to bring in two premier pass rushers, but you cannot afford to pay in free agency for two premier pass rushers. You're going to destroy your salary okay. cap for years to come. That's my point. Okay, so we could go with one pass rusher and get the right tackle. I think we need to definitely resign Shep. We need to get Shep signed and um, build depth through the free agents and through um through the draft and get another pass rusher and fill that center spot. Only thing we need to do to offensive line is get the right tackle in the center now. And I think we could accomplish that this offseason and solidify the offensive line going forward. I think Eli got at least three more years. So if they could rip up the contract and get another three years to sign a three-year contract at a good level each year that he get paid, I think to bring the cap space down, enough so we could bring in a lot of uh, top-tier guys as far as free agency on the defensive ball and then fill the, um, the offensive side of the ball through the draft. And we do need another receiver. I think we need a tall receiver, though. How about a, Cody a Latimer? Like, a, a receiver like the brother was saying yesterday, like Hakeem Nix, that, that we could get that back shoulder back coming into the um, playbook. If we don't sign um, Lattimore back, which we we should, but he just been so injury prone, so I don't know. We need a tall receiver, though. No, and that's fine, but I don't think you can spend big money on a tall receiver. No, we can find one in the draft. We can find one. That's in fine. The draft. I have no problem with that. That's okay. We can find one in the draft, and um, yeah, pretty much just to get the two defensive ends 
to get that line pushing, get another two corners, get a free safety, and uh, get the right tackle in the center. You and we ain't good shit. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to get all this. Thank you, Brandon. I, I, we, could get, we could get it. It could be done this offseason. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If we could get Eli's contract down and go after what we need in free agency for us, I would go after Clowney. What you think about Clowney? I think he'll fit in good with our scheme. He's uh, not going to have the money for Clowney. I mean, keep in mind, if you signed, if you want to spend the money on Jadavian Clowney, he's going to ask for Aaron Donald-level money. He's, he's going to want a five-year, $100 million contract. That's what he's going to want, okay? Uh, if you do sign Jadavian Clowney and then you figure out a way to get Landon Collins back, that's it. You're done. You're out of money. Yeah, we do right. 35, 40 yeah, million. We we def- could- I forgot about landing. We definitely got to get landing done, too. I would think, well, more so, we just maybe need to just bring in one pass resident and re-sign Landon Collins and Shep and just go in the draft and try to get what we need. Shepard's not a free agent yet. Remember that. Stone Shepard's, Stone Shepard's on the final year of his rookie deal. You don't have to do anything on him this offseason. But but he only had one year left. So? Okay. Yeah. That's fine. It's not a problem with that. Thank you, Brandon. Okay. Appreciate you, the call, buddy. Yeah. Good stuff. Guys, it's not like the Giants are sitting there with a bajillion it's dollars in It's not like cap three space. years ago when they went and spent $200 no, million dollars on no, the defense. No, no, no. They, they, have, they, have they don't even have a third of that. No, 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 no. The last figure I heard, and again, this is just what that, until we get it, it was like $35 million in free agency. That's That dries up. Very quickly. Very, very quickly. Yeah. And again, we don't know what the numbers are because we don't even know what the NFL cap is right now. Yeah. And I mean, it depends who they end up tendering and all that sort of stuff. So that remains up in the air. But, it's guys, Dave Gettleman is not somebody that's going to go out there and, you know, spend like a lunatic in free agency. Well, so, de- you saw where they got you three years ago. It gave you a one-year bump, which you were fortunate because you got a lot of defensive scores that year. You won a lot of close games. And then what happened? You don't build via free agency. You build via the draft. And it, and it, it, it just what I'm going to say is could determine whether Ovi's back or not. It just, it just kind of has a, a lot to do with it. But your your guy Dan, uh, but what's his last name? Salma. No, not <laughs> <laughs> the draft guy. Um, oh, Dane Brugler. Dane Brugler. He had told you the guys that this draft you could get good draft picks from the D line position going into the third round. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So and by the way, those guys you don't have to pay them. There's a rookie salary cap that, that's, you know, so you can get some good depth with those guys and maybe get a good player in there. But, you know, there's going to be some money freed up here because you have June one cuts. You have all kinds of things that, that are manipulated by the cap going forward. And so you're going to try to build that number up and you're going to have an idea going into free agency, how much you want to spend as a team and where your needs are. And do those need is the need available? Is it out there? You can't just say, oh, I want to sign a defensive lineman. And you're not really happy about the, who's out there then you're not going to sign him, especially if it's Clowney who's going to want he's going to want $70 million signing bonus. Hell, I don't know. It's got a lot of money. He might. He, I, seriously. He might. I mean, uh, how are you going to do that? Yeah. You're going to give him a 10-year contract. <laughs> and, guys, you saw where that got you. You saw where it got you. Listen. And, by the way, Clowney's he's never healthy either, by the way. You want to go give all that money to a guy that's never healthy? He's hurt all – every time I look at the injury report, every weekend – Questionable, questionable knee, questionable knee, questionable knee. Every week. The Giants have always been one of those teams that have done well. And like they, they go out and get free agents. They've done, look at, if you look at the way that 
uh, Jerry Reese, he was he was better at picking free agents than he was picking draft picks. That's for sure. Okay, and historically, the Giants have always done well with with free agents. I was one of them. I played here seven years. I guess that's a good. good Since thing. then, things have gone really well. <laughs> but my point is, is that. You know, at some point in time, you look at a lot of these teams that are being successful as they're building through the draft. It's the only way to do it. And you've got to be able to do that. When you have going into the NFL draft in 2019, if you do have 11 draft picks, build your roster. This team has been torn apart and rebuilt over the last season. How many guys are left? Is it, is it down to less than 15 now? It was it, if you don't count the guys that were on IR, you were at 13, 13. I think, the final game of the year. There you go. Okay, so... Um, that you got to go young these days. You it, really do. Two words, cost control. Cost control. You have cost control value. on the guys you draft, and you control them for a long period of time. And value. We're getting good value out of these young guys, yeah. you know? And again, t- culture, bringing in good guys, building the locker room. This team is so much different than it was a year before when the locker room fell apart. I mean, if, if you want to take a look at the teams in the playoffs right now, okay, and take a look to see how they got there. And I, know, and I know Giant, I know Giant fans don't want to hear it, and that's where I was going to go. Yeah. They have one of the youngest teams in the league. They drafted Jalen Smith. And they drafted Leighton Vanderesh. They drafted Michael Gallup. They drafted Dak Prescott. They drafted Ezekiel Elliott. They drafted Byron Jones. They drafted Demarcus Lawrence. They drafted Randy Gregory. I mean, look at the list. You know, you always think of Jerry Jones as this big free agent spender throwing money all over the place. That's not how they operate anymore. That's why they have $100 million to spend. I mean, and those are all draft picks. And they're probably going to save money on Sean Lee, who they're probably going to be able to let go now mm-hmm. because Leighton Van Der Esch is playing so well. There'll be a June 1st cut. They might end up letting go of, of, of Crawford, who also makes a lot of money on the defensive line. He's a good player. Maybe they'll renegotiate that. But they are – and look, now they're going to run the trouble because they have to resign all their draft picks now. They're going to have to pay Dak Prescott in a year. He has one year left on his deal. He was drafted the same year Shepard was. Um, I think Byron Jones is a free agent this year. That's someone they got to take care of. They already franchise tagged Demarcus Lawrence last year. So these are the guys that they're going to have to pay. But it's you're in such a better position to pay your own guys that you drafted. Why? If you can do it. You know so much more about them mm-hmm. than the guy you're getting from another team. If you can sign them. Right, if, of course. And if you want and to. It makes, it makes it tough. It makes it difficult because these guys want to test the market. They want to go out and maybe another team's going to give me ten times or you know ten percent more. Yeah, but there are there are tools that teams can use to keep their own draft picks if they want, like the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. If if the Giants want Landon Collins here next year, guess what? He's going to be here. That's right. He doesn't have much of a choice in the matter. Yeah, yep. It's just the way it is. And he already said he'll play to the franchise tag, which frankly, based on Landon and how I've talked to him, that didn't surprise me at all. Sure. The dude wants to play football. He'll be well compensated for it. Yeah. And holding out doesn't get you anywhere. Go, go ask Odell Beckham Jr. how it worked out for him showing up to work and being a professional. That's how he got his contract, not by holding out. Right. No, hold out doesn't doesn't work unless you got a lot of leverage. Go ask Le'Veon Bell how that holdout went for him. Yeah. How'd that go? Huh? Well, he sat out the whole year. Yeah, and he lost like $17 million. And he's going to expect to get it back this year. We'll see if he yeah. does. Good luck. Yeah, not at a running back position. Max in Newark, New Jersey is up next. Hey, Max. Max. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks for calling in. Um, uh, Jeff, I also wanted to say thank you for your service and also your, your insight. I love when uh, when you and Dave get on the lines because we really get a fair perspective, which I really appreciate. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, He's okay. Just, just to give you a, a background on the questions <laughs> I have, uh, first game I ever saw the, um, 
I was six years old, and it was Lawrence Taylor and Joe Theismann. Ever since then, I've been I love the Giants and I love defense. So, based on that information and based on this draft, uh, would you be surprised if almost all the draft picks this year is on the defense, as opposed to uh, we know we need a right tackle, but do you think most of the dra- most of the picks that get them in my head this year be predicated towards the defense? It wouldn't, Max, but I think they have so many in eleven. I don't think you could pick 11 defensive guys, but I, I wouldn't surprise me if the vast, vast majority are. Would you, I, would put, I would put a 70%. Yeah, I'm about that. I would say 70% of the picks will likely be on defense. Because they have to be, right? I mean, look, at we need a lot of help at all levels. The only needs you really have on offense is on the right side of the offensive line, and that's where your needs are on offense. Maybe another tight end you know, to, 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 to play behind Evan Inger, maybe a big wide receiver, maybe, maybe, maybe a fullback, if, if, but maybe. depending on what you thought of Elijah Penny, maybe. I will tell you that but Scott Simonson made a name for himself sure this year. Sure he did, and, and, Penny, and Penny did okay too. So I think your needs, Max, are on defense. I think you're That's 100% correct. right. You want to, and two, and real quickly, on offense, you want to keep the continuity. You got, you got a good thing yeah, going those last working. four games of the no. year. You really did. Yeah, but most of them are going to have to come from defense. And the, the reason, uh, I mean, this year it's going to be really interesting because, of, like you mentioned, we got to try to get Landon Collins back. I really believe we need to get him back. I don't, wouldn't want to let go of uh, Vernon or especially not Jenkins because after Jenkins, our, our cornerbacks are not that good. DW Webb, I believe, is a good backup. I don't believe he's a good number two. So uh, I would try to use uh, the upper rounds of the draft for either edge rusher, maybe a, a coverage linebacker because we had a couple problems with that. And um, and our corners and free safety. So um, uh, we're on the same page, the, Max. We agree with you. I, totally. I I think we're totally on the same page as you. Yeah, especially and at the safety. one question. Uh, the last question I have, and I'll take off the air, is: uh, Do you think there'll be a number two quarter, um, cornerback that we might be able to find on the free agent market if um, um, you know, as opposed to the draft? Or and I know you don't didn't do your research on the draft so much yet. Mm-hmm. Your video but do you think there's a good cornerback in the draft or would you prefer to get one in, in free agency? And thank you for taking my call. I, I appreciate it, Max. I don't have a preference corner uh, in pass, in free agency or in the draft. Look, corners aren't quite as pricey as edge rushers, but they ain't cheap in free agency either. Corners are yeah. a premium position yeah. because of the high-flying you know, nature of the National Football League with the way people are passing the ball these days. but So, no, I got no problem if you want to spend the high pick on a cornerback. Go right ahead. But I think they also they also want Sam Beal, who they picked in the third round of the supplemental draft last year and then hurt his shoulder and he was out for the year. They hope he can be a guy that is heavy yeah. in that cornerback rotation. And I think they like what they saw out of Grant Haley in the slot the last half of the year, too. So I think those are two other young guys, along if they bring back B.W. Webb. I agree. I think he's a rotational corner, mm-hmm. and he's a good guy to have there, too, because he can play inside, he can play outside, he can play on special teams. There's a lot of different things. He's a starter. He's a good field. Yeah, I agree. And he's some depth. But I think Nice the most, fourth cornerback. The other thing is that the, the safety position has to be addressed, okay? you got to have free to find safety, a free safety. Free safety specifically, right. You have to find a free safety, and you're going to have to make a decision on Landon Collins, whether you want to franchise him and pay him that kind of money, or you say, you know what, we're going to go a totally different direction and go find someone else. I don't know. That's a decision that will be made soon. When is the when? Is, no, not soon. Did that I, the franchise uh, decision, I believe, is the end of February, if I'm not mistaken. Is it before? I think it's right before the combine because when we're at the combine, 
we're always talking about what guys have been franchise tagged. Okay. So I think the deadline is right at the end of February, beginning of March. And when is free agency this year? Is uh, it March? Is it second, March again? Second week of March. Second, I'm not yeah, sure so exactly the day. Dan, so, Dan will look it up. Yeah. Well, I, I see think, a lot of scarlet listen, I don't think there. you can have enough good cornerbacks. <laughs> but if you have a if you don't have a lot of money in your free agent pool to go out and get people, the draft is a place you can go to get cornerbacks. It's going to cost you a lot and look, of money. you don't have to go get you know you don't have to go pay a Marcus Peters type that's going to cost you a lot of money right. or, or 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 you know go pay for some you know super duper number one cornerback but you can pay for a guy that can be solid for you and and, and be a guy that plays as your second or third corner why not two zero one nine three nine four five one three and Greedy Williams is probably going to be the first corner off the board out of LSU mm -hmm. if I'm yes. not mistaken right then thank you and he'll probably be the first guy you know off the board at the corner position he will be a top 10 pick so that's a guy I'm sure the Giants will heavily scout and he'll be in the mix at six I'm Which sure he didn't play in the bowl game he was out LSU rested a bunch of guys in that bowl game didn't they yeah I think well I think he was hurt I think that's becoming more and more of a, of a trend where guys don't want to play in these bowl games unfortunately uh, you wonder if the bowl system is going to survive you know you got nobody going to these games in a lot of these places, and then you have nobody playing in them. So it's tough. I got an idea. Expand the playoffs and then do away with a lot of the other bowl games. The there problem is that the Rose Bowl holds a lot of clout, and they're going to fight to the bitter end. And Dan Salmon will be on the front lines. And did I see that's where the waving senior bowl rose. is being played this year? <laughs> what's that? Is that where the senior bowl is being played? So it's, it's, what's the, I appreciate you trying to send me to Pasadena. I yeah, really do. There's, there's, Thank there's, you for that. I would love to go watch the senior bowl. In Mobile, in uh, in Pasadena, California. Unfortunately, I'll be in Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl, no, which is a little, little just a little bit different than no, Pasadena. What, which one is playing in the Senior Bowl this year, or, or in Pasadena? There's a bowl, uh, some sort of a. There is a, a game. There. College All Star Game is going to be played at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, something. Really? I th I thought I saw it the other day on Twitter. College Bowl game at the Rose Bowl. That's what I'm looking at. Well. Well, the I Rose Bowl was there, well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. um, what would it be? Would it Maybe be college all-star game? East West, East West? East West Shrine? Are they playing that game there? Come on, Dan. You should know this stuff. You know where to find all East. the other statistics around everything. Um, Maybe I was wrong. Okay. Is it the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl? Oh, yeah. That was on January 20th, 2018. And the new one this year will be playing on January 19th. So it'll be the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Oh, there you go. Okay. Which is, the, you know, I think it's the little lesser of the East-West Shrine, okay. maybe, or similar right. to it. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, so that, that'll be played at the Rose Bowl. You're correct. You confused the hell out of us, but we, <laughs> but we figured it out. I, I knew I saw it somewhere because there, there were some guys that were, stand, they were in the middle of the field at, with the, at Pasadena. So. February 19th, first day, clubs can franchise or transition tag somebody. And so it's way before. And March 5th is the deadline for clubs to de designate a franchise tag. But the, the, the deadline is the 5th. So you can franchise between the February 19th and, and March, March 5th. 5th. Okay. And yeah. then you have the unofficial start of free agency from the 11th to the 13th when everyone gets signed, but they don't actually sign. Yeah, and then on March 13th, the league year becomes official. And then you have the, what's the thing that you, people can, remember they did this last year? You can say you're going there before it starts just because of the league year or whatever. You know how, how free agents say, yeah, I'm going to go to Indianapolis, but it doesn't start until next week, but this is where I'm going. They Correct. can negotiate before. They they agree in principle That's is, what it is yeah. how they term yeah. I wish I would have had that when I was a free agent. That would have been great. You aren't one of those like first after midnight phone calls for anybody ever? I was. Oh, really? From who? Tell me the story. Giants? That team right there. Tommy Coughlin? 
Nope. Was, was it Ernie Corsi was on the phone for you? It was actually um, uh, Jim Fossil. Jimmy Fossil, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I had found out that the year before they tried to trade for me, but Holmgren, my guy Holmgren, in Seattle. Seattle, said no. So they waited, and I went. And then next year, 1201, I got the call from Mr. Fossil. How about that? And you came running. And if the rules were in effect back then, I would have done it, you know, before that, in principle. So you were almost an in principle guy. Almost. Very good. 201. Not, not to say that I didn't know that before. Kind of hint, hint, wink, wink kind of thing. I, Jeff, that would imply some sort of legal collusion no, that no, no, I no, cannot no, no. speak no, I anything I just had an idea about, that that uh, was going to happen. Sure. Because Jim Fossil was the offensive coordinator in Arizona when I was there, and we had oh, a great relationship. Oh, I see. And he used to come to my golf tournament every year that I had in Phoenix. And Were you surprised? And this is what I hear. I wasn't here, so I'm just going to go on what I heard. Were you surprised at how much Jim Fossil had changed from when he left the Arizona as an offensive coordinator to what he was as the head coach when you got here. Very different guy, right? Yeah, very different. Very, very different. <laughs> very different. <laughs> yeah. I see. That was 94 to, oh, call it 03 is when I came. So and then, that was you know, Fossil's last year here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that and from 94, 93 to oh, 10 years. In those 10 years, there was a lot of change. Those big glasses Including weren't the there glasses. anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I will tell you, I, I, Jim was a good guy, good guy to me, good, good coach, um, you know, pretty good coach. I mean, you think about what he did. Good offensive uh, coach, absolutely. Um, but yeah, definitely. Two hundred one nine three nine, and I will not make you elaborate on that. At I all. won't elaborate. But I'll just tell you that there was a lot of a lot of difference. Phil in yeah. North Carolina is up next. Hey, Phil. <laughs> Yes. Hey, hey guys. Um, I'm gonna before I get to my main point, which was kind of my analysis of Eli. Uh, just make a comment on uh, uh, John. I think you talked about the keeping the two high-priced defensive players we have currently on the roster. You know, excluding uh, Landon is gonna uh, get some money, but uh, yeah. Olivier and uh, uh, Jack Rabbit. And uh, I guess I, I guess my my view is. Uh, if you're going to uh, uh, punt one, uh, this, I guess that's a uh, reference to uh, Jeff it. there. Yeah, if you're going to punt one, one um, I would pu- probably punt um, uh, Jack Rabbit because of, uh, um, I don't know, uh, sometimes a, a disinterest issue, uh, lack of focus issue. Uh, See, Phil, uh, Phil, I hear you. Certainly, uh, you know, when he's on the field, he doesn't. He gives you what he has. So, Phil, I hear you, uh, but I, I, I think the one the one question I'll have for you: if you were to rank the Giants' best defensive players this year, one through three, or one through five, how would you rank them? One through five. Okay, good, good question. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a slim pickings because uh, <laughs> the defense was all down. But uh, I guess I would put uh, yeah. I, Jack Rabbit would be in the top five. Exactly. Uh, so you're gonna have to. Yeah. So even though you do save some money on the cap by making those moves, you then have to replace those guys. You're looking at your best cover corner, who was put on the other team's best wide receiver in every game, and even played in the slot to cover the other team's best wide receiver, and your best pass rusher. Uh, those those are two real. I mean, look how much money you have to spend to get those guys here to begin with. Replacing them is going to be just as costly. Yeah, but that's you know I, I that's why I think the only option would be jettisoning one, not two. 
Jettison one, and, and if they are going to do that, my prediction is going to be Jackrabbit. So okay. uh, we'll, we'll wait and see, I guess. I guess it could be a post-June 1st uh, cut. And, and but, Phil, uh, also, and as Jeff said, sometimes there are things behind moves like that sure. that we don't know about, too. So I don't know what Dave Gettleman's thinking in that regard. Yes, yeah, we're not privy to that, So, right. uh, which is probably a good thing. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, anyway, so, so one, thing, one observation on uh, Eli, the thing I noticed with Eli, and I'm an Eli su- supporter, you know, uh, uh, live and die with uh, Eli's drives, you know, in games. Um, the one thing that I think is really clear is, uh, you know, his, his, his late game heroics are, are way down from – previous years even his forward back i would say is you know 2012 he had a couple of good ones uh but that that's down and uh you know just like you know the uh, you know he would have found years ago he would have found a way in that uh the cowboys game to get that field goal well remember and, though uh, and Phil, in a couple of those games late in the year he did put game winning drives together but then the defense gave it right back yeah, no, they, there was one game-winning drive, but I guess they, they, in both, I'm thinking about the Dallas one, and all we needed was 20 yards, and, and oh, that's fair. It, it didn't materialize. That's fair. So, but I think so. I think what part of it is in my in my analysis that I saw a uh, on the SEC uh, network, or obviously SEC is big in the South, uh, that they had one of. Um, they replayed one of Eli's Ole Miss games. Oh, nice! And uh, and and it was uh, kind of uh, illuminating that boy, his zip. What a difference in the zip and the ball from from then to now. Wow. Uh, and and it, it pretty, you know, he was he was really zinging that thing far on on a rope in that Ole Miss uh, game. And uh, so I think what happens is, so overall, I think he's more accurate. Than he was early in his career, but his arm strength is down. So what what is what he has to do is kind of anticipate more. And a few of the kind of the, the the boneheaded interceptions were, I think, early anticipations that didn't work out. And uh, I think on most of them, you know, that, that I'm thinking of one uh, on the Colts where I think he was anticipating the guy getting further upfield, and uh, it didn't. And then the Dallas one uh, is another one that comes to mind where, you know, he thought the guy was going to take uh, the underneath guy, and he, and he threw it there. So, so that's kind of my analysis of Eli as he needs to anticipate more, which because of his, um, his arm strength is deteriorating. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate the call, man. We got to run. Okay. Thank you. Thank I don't you. think Eli's arm strength has is, is deteriorated much, to be honest with you, since, since I've been here. I can't speak to what he did at Ole Miss. I don't remember Eli playing at Ole Miss. Well, obviously, it's going to be stronger well, then. Of course. He's a college kid. Right. 20, almost. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, that happens. But you get better with age, and you under, yeah, his, his, his accuracy and his touch, those are all things from experience. And trust me, as you get older in, in, in the league and you play, you learn to do things differently to compensate your age and your strength and things like that. It just happens. 201-939-4513. It's all presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes, even in the offseason. Final call of the program, and thanks for hanging with us. We'll give you some bonus minutes here. Is Scott in New Mexico. Hey, Scott. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Doing good. well, Scott. Don't don't tell me the Giants are signing Demarcus Lawrence. <laughs> no, I won't. Okay, good. Uh, I had a question that... Uh, 
I have a different slant on how the Giants should approach the quarterback issue. Sure. And I made this point on an earlier broadcast. If the Giants improve, I'm sure Dave Gettleman wants to have a playoff team next year, not necessarily wait okay. till 2020. Yep. And if they do that, uh, assuming that uh, Nick Foles and Teddy Bridgewater are not going to be available, I think Philadelphia and New Orleans will sign both of those guys. Uh, the only um, out pouring will generally be through the draft. Uh, does it become more critical to get the quarterback this year as opposed to 2020? And the reason I mention that, if the Giants continue to improve and even make the playoffs, say, next year, the chances of getting somebody like Tua from Alabama or Justin Herbert from Oregon diminish exponentially unless they're willing to give up, say, a first-round draft choice. So is this the more critical year to address the transitional period uh, for Eli and getting a quarterback that they can actually groom? And also, secondarily, have we abandoned Kyle Loretta completely as the potential backup for Eli Manning? No. I mean, it was his first year as a fourth-round pick out of Richmond. Yeah. Got, got to right. give him time well, to the way everybody's talking, it seems like nobody's giving him any credence, and I was just curious. Well, nobody's going to give him was. any credence because he's a backup quarterback, have and a, nobody really cares. You'll have a chance <laughs> to compete for that job yeah, next year. That's it. You're right. not going to throw him away. I think you bring up a really good point as far as which about the you know is it imperative and and whatever the word you use, but you know it, it all depends on how, in my opinion, how much you like the quarterback that you want to get if that's the guy. Right. And so. Then if it if if it is, then you go get him. But the thing you're going to have to fight against is that you may not be the only team that likes him that much. That's true. And they have a lot of people below them that have more draft capital go above you and grab him. Then all of a sudden your philosophy changes to next year now because maybe there's isn't another quarterback that you feel that you want to go go and you don't want to reach for somebody. Right. So that's kind of where I think it. But it's a great point. point. It's a very very good. It's a good discussion. And it can go quickly either way, depending on who jumps up and gets the guy and takes him from you. You know, so you right. gotta have two schools of thought there. Okay, my last point. Now I'll take it off the air. Uh, it's off topic, actually. Uh, a lot of people are putting a lot of faith in Indianapolis beating Kansas City, and if they do, I think it'll be because of the offensive line that uh, Indianapolis has. But I want your opinion. Uh, I've watched some really great guards like David DeCastro, Pittsburgh, and Marshall Yonda. Right now, would you say, even though he's a rookie, would you say that Quentin Nelson is considered or can be considered as one of the best guards in the NFL? Yes. And I'll take the question off the air, guys. I'll, well, the answer is easy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He was named All Pro. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, All Pro. Um, so was Lane Vanderash, by the way, another rookie that was on that team. And I think Leonard was also voted All Pro, if I'm not mistaken, right? And and Leonard didn't make the Pro Bowl. Right. Well, the Pro Bowl is the Pro Bowl's <laughs> the joke. The. It is a joke. It's a popularity contest. They'll both make it next year. Did Van Der Esch make it? I don't think he did either. I don't know. But they will both make it next year now because that's usually what happens. It takes a year for people to know who you are, and then next year it's like, oh, yeah, I know about that guy. I didn't vote for him last year because I didn't know who he was. Well, it's certainly a popularity contest with, with, well, with the fans for sure. And no then question. you tell me what it's like when they hand out the Pro Bowl ballots to the players. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, I know I'm voting for OB because he's, you know, he's, he's my whole, it's just, it's, yeah, it's popularity. It is, it's, That's all it is, it right? Is, yeah. It, yeah. It's all reputation. Now, I will tell you this. You know, people were thinking about OV and how he made the Pro Bowl because, you know, that um, Mac bowed out and everything. The Pro Bowl was voted on before the season ends, by the way. So it goes to show you how much, I guess, you know, respect he gets around the league. 
because he had a lot of you remember he had a lot of sacks in that last game that didn't count on the statistics that you were looking at when they were voting for the Pro Bowl, by the way. That's true. It's a good point. So Pro Bowl voting for players takes what, after week 15 or 16 or so? 15. 15 around, four, around week 15. So you still have a couple weeks left, um, which I never understood why they do that, but, but, but whatever. They do it. Um, so that's just my point with that. Uh, two Twitter questions real quick, Jeff. Vic Fontana, the last caller, I guess it was a couple callers ago, just spent our whole salary cap for the year in one phone call. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's right. Um, and he that wants Antonio. to know. Yes, he wants to know. No, it wasn't Antonio. No, no, it was, that was Brandon, I think. <laughs> that was Brandon, I think. Um, can you tell me if Jamon Brown can play right tackle and then we move forward in the right guard sweepstakes and either the draft or free agency? Good question. I, I do not believe he has the feet to play right tackle. Yeah, I don't either. I think he's a big man, um, and he likes to move very, you know, but he, not to. I would say he's flukerish yeah, in that he's go. a better run yeah, blocker than a, a pass blocker. He's a mauler, right? Yeah, yeah. he's Which a hog molly. And you, you need those guys on your line sometimes. You want. And if you can sign him back, he's either going to be your starter or he's going to be a heck of a swing back. You know, to, he's going to be a good depth. You want to build depth. You see what happens with offensive lines. They don't make it through the whole season. Right. So you've got to have some good players behind you which is what's happened with this offensive line for so many years that as soon as the five guys, if one of them goes down, there isn't much behind them. All right, and then you got Adam C underscore Boots. <laughs> what's your opinion on Avery Moss? Do you think he is a shot to contribute in 2019 and get off the practice squad? I was surprised he didn't get off the practice squad at the end of this year, to be honest with you, but I think he still was a hip. I think he had last year, right, hip injury that he kind of was slow coming back from in the offseason. I think that was a much more serious than – Kind of has been talked about. I think Dave Gettleman kind of mentioned that a little bit in the offseason, so did Pat Shermer. I think he'll be given a shot to, to earn a spot yeah. this upcoming year. Yeah, and we'll see. If he doesn't, he might not have a job at all. But I think the fact that they – dude, they rotated so many people on and off that damn practice squad this year. It was – I mean, we, we couldn't keep track of them all. We had no idea who half these people were. Yeah. And we're in that locker room every single day. He was like the only guy to stick on. Him and Evan Brown were like the two guys that never played but stuck. And I think that probably tells you, and Brown was on the 53-man. He wasn't even on the practice squad. I think that tells you what they think of those guys that they stuck around for such a long portion of the season that they believe that they have a future. He made the all-inactive team, we called it. The guys who were inactive every week. Evan Brown was inactive. He, he was the only guy. He was the only guy in the 53-man roster the whole year that, that did not play a snap. Yeah, but got, got credited for a season. That, that is an accredited season. <laughs> Not a lot of wear and tear. That's a lot of sideline attire. And by the way, he'll be in the mix, too, to compete for that center and swing guard spot well, next year. Well, you know year. what? Again, he, he practiced with the team all season. so you was, know, it's, I'm it's, sure he was the scout team absolutely. center, right? No question. Or guard, yeah. whatever yeah, he played. because he was not on the practice squad. He was on the active roster, which he's, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's going to be interesting. And the whole offseason will be interesting, as oh, it is. And that's why we're here, taking that's your it. calls. And we'll be yeah. back on Monday. Everybody enjoy your Divisional Football Weekend, Feeks. Good show. Good job, Johnny. Always a pleasure. Danny, thank you, buddy. We'll see you on Monday. Danny Salamone doing a good job there as well. Enjoy your football. We'll see you on Monday for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live at noon. We'll see you then.